Thank you to everybody that, uh, that came out. I know that our time is a little bit short uh, due to uh, later Min uh, bec- uh, Something that I intended to do, I was talking last time about uh, trepidation, of talking about uh, these things, especially I, I, I usually don't talk about them, uh, especially in shul, because I don't feel like I, I'm shul late, that I have uh, enough of them. Um, but I thought that uh, since we're talking about matters of what would be termed Kabbalah, so I wanted to go ahead and, uh, and read something. Uh, you don't have it in front of you, but it's a, uh, a tefillah for a prayer, for kodim limud hachein, before we learn, uh, before you learn chachmas hanista, before you learn secrets of the Torah. So the, the prayer is printed, uh, there's various different forms of it. The prayer is printed in uh, Zohar Dfus Vilna. Right, uh, that's Tafresh Pei Dalid. So it has the following prayer, and I want to read it in its full because it's a beautiful prayer. Is this yours that you wrote notes? No, no, the, the, oh, it's a okay. color printer. Oh, yeah. oh, okay. You could have a little bit of my notes. Oh, okay. <laughs> so the tefillah, the tefillah goes like this. I'm just going to read it from my text. Ribon Olomim ve'adone Adonin Avarachman Vaslichos, God Almighty, Master of all masters, Father of mercy and of forgiveness. So we admit, or we, we, we bow before you. We prostrate ourselves before you, and we admit, and we thank you, that you've brought us close to your service, holy work, service of God. And you've given us a small portion in the secrets of the Torah, HaKedosha. Ma'anu, who are we and what are our lives that you've done, that God has done for us such a merciful act of revealing these secrets? Therefore we pour out and we beseech you that you forgive all of our sins and all of our failings and let not our failings serve as a barrier between us and you, O God. And may it be your will, O God, God of our ancestors, to direct our hearts to fear you properly, to be in awe of you properly, and to love you properly. And may your ears be attuned, may you be attuned to these prayers, and open up our heart, our sealed heart, to the secrets of your Torah, and let our limud, and our limud tonight, our learning tonight, and really all times that we learn, may it go ahead and, and give, may it be pleasing to you, God. May it increase your honor, like the pure scent of the karbanos. And let devolve onto us, and let us see the light of the root of our souls. And as we reveal by learning this a little bit more about ourselves, may we also find ourselves able to connect to the holy souls that brought down these secrets, like the Ramchal, and taught them to us. And let their merit protect us that we do not fail when studying these words. And in their merit, illuminate our eyes with what we're learning that we could understand it properly. 
Like David HaMelech said, Gal So take off the covering from my eyes and let us see wondrous things in your Torah. May our words be proper and pleasing and may they hit the right mark before you, God, our Redeemer and our Rock. Because it's God Almighty that gives wisdom, and from God's mouth, from the Torah that's revealed to us, so we understand a little bit of Das Utvuna, which is also fitting because that's the name of the Sefer that we're going to be learning through tonight, the Ramchal Sefer, Das Utvuna. So that's the Akdama, a tefillah, a prayer, beautiful prayer, really, before Limit Achem, before learning Kabbalah, before learning Chain stands for Chachmas Hanistar. It's also a sense of grace, a sense of beauty, and it takes a little bit of Chain to take these hard concepts to take these difficult ideas and to be able to approach them with an uncynical eye, to be able to approach them with, uh, with the response that, uh, that the holiness of these words demands. So be that as it may, I wanted to go ahead and uh, we're still going to learn a little bit of Das Tvunos, which is the Sefer that we've been discussing the last uh, two weeks. But we're also going to touch upon Emir Tzashem tonight, a little bit of Sefer Klach Chachma, which is the Ramchal's central work, as we've discussed, uh, outlining the Ramchal's understanding of the Arizal system. So before that, just uh, two more words of Akdama. So last week was the Yartzid of the Ramchal. Yisod Shabi Yisod, Sphir Yisod Shabi Yisod, and Sphir Sa'omer. And uh, we had mentioned uh, one of the Sfarim that, that I've used in preparation is this Sefer, which is Harava Nazir, which was Rav David Cohen the Nazir, uh, his Shiurim on Klach Peskei Chachme. He has a lot of extra stuff there discussing the Ramchal and Kabbalah in general. But he wrote in a uh, letter, and uh, his son quotes it in, a, uh, in the Hakdama, in the introduction to this Sefer, one of the many, there's about four Hakdamas. But in one of the introductions to this Sefer, he said, and it's so apropos that we're studying the Ramchal, because he said, He said the all-encompassing soul of the Ramchal. We talked about that he was a Chokir, a Mekubal, that he was both a scholar and also a Mekubal, that he was a Meshorer, he was a poet, and that he was an Ishalach, he was a, a person that, that, that adjudicated matters of Halacha and Musar and literature and poetry, all of these things, the all-encompassing soul, this wide soul, this person's broad soul is that he said that the words of the Ramchal and the soul of the Ramchal it dances above, right? We say it skirts just above all of our generation and it illuminates. And those of us nowadays, as, as Jews living in modern times, that we find ourselves pulled in so many different directions and so much wisdom and so much uh, thought is open to us and accessible to us. Even the words that Ramchal are translated into English that is open and available for anybody to be able to understand. So it's a special schus that the Nishama HaKolelis is, is, we find ourselves attuned and oriented to this soul of the Ramchal. And that's what the Nazir said, Merachefes al Kol that it dances above and it encompasses all that we feel in our hearts in this generation. Talking about Sefer Das Tevunos, which we'll have a chance to study from in a moment, so talking about Sefer Das Tevunos, so the Ramchal himself said that the point of the Sefer, and we've discussed the more general points of Sefer, but he said the goal of the Sefer, rather, is that it's Hakdamas HaMapilos HaKushios Me'elehem, that the goal of the book is to give us prefatory wisdom, prefatory understandings that go ahead and take whatever questions we might have on God, whatever questions we might have on the way God runs His world, to be able to 
to be able to go ahead and to preempt the questions. Hakdamos, these are introductions, these are prefatory words and understanding that go ahead and knock out the questions that we might have me'elehen on their own before they would even arise. And we'll see that it doesn't answer all questions as we see at the very beginning of Sefer Das Tfunos, but it's meant to give us an orientation to a system and an understanding of how God runs his worlds that goes ahead and tries to head off those questions that might come uh, to the mind of, of any true seeker, of any person that seeks to have a shlema, that seeks to have faith in God and in his Torah. I want to, uh, as a last, uh, a last introductory remark, I want to go ahead and read you, again, this is not in front of you, but, uh, but just a few short words uh, from a particular letter that comes to us uh, through interesting provenance. The letter comes to us, uh, the manuscript uh, is, uh, the manuscript of the letter appears in a larger manuscript edition of Das Tevunos that was owned, uh, that was owned by Rav Yochanan Sofer, who's the Erloi Rav, and he's a descendant of the Chasim Sofer, and the Chasim Sofer apparently had this letter as well that he bought. The letter comes to us from Rav Avram Simcha, who is a Gaon Benigluvenistar, Avram Simcha was the nephew of Rechaim of Alajin. Rechaim of Alajin is the main Talmud of the Vilna Gaon. And we've already heard the Vilna Gaon's words, reported words about the Ramchal, that he would have traveled by foot. He lived shortly, uh, shortly after the Ramchal had passed away, was the life of the Gaon. And uh, he said he would have traveled on foot to go and learn at the feet of the Ramchal. And that the Sefer Mesil's Yesharim, at least the first 10 chapters, does not contain an extraneous word, which is an amazing thing to say about a work that is not from Tanakh. And uh, he, this is what he writes in the letter. And he was talking about the Ramchal and his personality. And he writes the following thing. He says that he was asking, uh, he was asking Rav Chaim And he was talking to him about the Ramchal. Amarti Eilav Ode. He said, I asked him further, that he wanted to study the works of the Ramchal, but he was a little bit, he had a little bit of trepidation uh, because of all the kitrugim that we had discussed, all the accusations and, 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 the, and the pulmus and, the, and the, the polemic that had emerged surrounding the Ramchal in his lifetime and, and people who had declaimed the dangers of the Ramchal's thoughts. So he said, and he responded to me. We should not pay attention, or we shouldn't go ahead and think too much about it at all. For our eyes see that the works of the Ramchal that did not have any open or abject criticism, for example, Mesilas Yesharim, for example, Sefer Derech Hashem, so these works are, for example, Das Tvunos, even though we saw it's possible that that aroused a little bit of controversy as well. It was by divine decree, by divine decree, that these words enjoyed the popularity and the immense hafatza, the immense uh, dissemination amongst the Jewish people. So that's, that's, that's divinely ordained, it must be so. And the works that there were kitrugim aleim. We talked about the Ramchal's Zohar uh, Tinyana. We talked about the Ramchal's uh, com- composition of what was supposed to be a parallel work to Sefer Tehillim. And some of the Ramchal's other letters and some of the Ramchal's other extremely esoteric works that did have the brunt, that did, that did bear the brunt of the criticism. So those works... By divine, by divine ordination, the Hanhaga of Hashem in this world, the Ramchal would have certainly been able to illuminate to us or at least saw for himself. 
So lo nizkalabolim, they did not become completely revealed in the world. Rabbeinu Agadol, just a few more lines from this. Rabbeinu Agadol, Hagon Hanora, Rav Eliyahu Zal, referring to the Gon. The Vilna Gon, Amar Alav, Shehu Yodea Hanimshal, Shekitve Arizal. He said about the Ramchal, that the Ramchal knows the, the Nimshal over here is a very loaded term, because as we'll see in Kabbalah, whether or not the words of, 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 of the Ari, and, pre, and before that, the Zohar, and the words of this Chachma, whether they're, uh, whether they're to be considered as mamish, that they're actually there, that we're talking about ta- almost tangible concepts, as it were, that there exist Sefirot, that there exist, that there's a tangibility, to the extent that we can understand, for Sefirot, for the Divine Order, for Partsufim, the arrays of the Sefirot, all these different Kabbalistic tactical terms that they enjoy, Amamashas, that there is a true reality to them as well. So the Gras said, the Vilna Gon said, as reported by Ruchaim Valajin, and as reported in this letter that came to us from Yochanan Sofer, that came to us from the Chassam Sofer, so he says that the Ramchal knew the Nimshal, knew the teaching, knew the, knew the message, the, the, without the Mamashas, without the tangible reality, the, the, what the metaphors meant, how we were meant to apply these metaphors. The Gra famously held that the words of the Ari themselves are a mashal. They're, they're to be understood in a metaphorical sense. I just want to pause for a second and, 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 and be very clear that even by talking about this, we're entering into a massive uh, discussion and debate that cuts at the very core of Kabbalah, of what exactly is the tangibility of the terms, what is the, what is the, the physical reality, almost, of, of the terms, the technical concepts that are brought in Kabbalah, and, and, and whether or not they're meant to be understood rather as metaphor. And we'll see that there's a possibility to understand them as both. But the Graf famously held that they are a mashal. That he thought for a certain amount of time that even the Arizal's chief primary Talmud and expositor's works, Rechaim Vital, he himself didn't understand the true nimshal, the true understanding and expression of the words and the systems of the Ari. And then he saw that Rechaim Vital also knew what the nimshal, also knew what the, the understanding of the metaphor was. But he hid it very much so because the, the works and the ideas of the Rizal as transmitted by Rechaim Vital do employ really only that technical language and don't speak in this term of revealing a metaphor over here. So this Rav Avram Simcha said, this is what my uncle Rechaim Valajan told me. So that is, so that is a, a little bit about learning the Ramchal's works over here and understanding how to situate that in the greater uh, in the greater controversy that emerged around the Ramchal's Kabbalah. Going back for a moment to our, our sources, and we're looking now at Source 7, which is Selections of Endast Funos, we said, we said last week that the soul tells us that there are things that we accept as true, but the intellect says that we don't understand them. The soul wants to believe. The soul is attracted to Amuna, and Dast Funos is a dialogue between the Nishama and the Seichel. So the soul tells us there are things that we accept as true. And the, shama, and the intellect says, yeah, but we don't understand them. And the job of Sefer Das Tfunos, and now I would say one of the, the goals of the Sefer, is how do we bridge that gap between them? 
And uh, we mentioned from Rav Yaakov Feldman, a, a scholar of the Ramchal, who has done uh, a f- almost a complete study of Sefer Das Tfunos. So he says to us that we have a concept in Judaism, even though Judaism is, is famously um, estranged from concepts of dogma, we do, have, we do have from the Rambam, from Maimonides, we have Yud Gimli Karim, Yud Gimel that there are 13 principal matters of faith. And they themselves have been subject to machlokas throughout Jewish history. Some people added, for example, I daven from a sitter that has 15 and part of the, part of the extra two in, say for, in the sitter, Chalkas Yeshua of Biala. So part of the extra two is that all the words of the Arian is Talmidim are true and all the words of the Baal Shem Tovin is Talmidim are true. So those are also Ikreimuna, Animamid Amuna Shleima. I actually do believe that. So Rafelman says, of those Ikare Amuna, the Ramchal chooses to focus primarily on four Ikreimuna in this Sefer Das Tfunos. And we mentioned them last week, but I want to, it bears repeating. The four Ikreimuna that we focus on are number one, God's omniscience. God's total mastery and, uh, and running of the world. Number two is the concepts of reward and punishment. Hagmul. Number three is the Messiah. And number four is resurrection. And as we mentioned, that the whole Sefer revolves around this concept of how to understand how Akash Baruch who runs the world. Or as Rabbi Feldman pointed out, that you could also characterize that as understanding Yichudo Yisbarach. How God, in, how God is absolute unity of all things. Achtas in the words of Cook, Right? Complete, over, overwhelming, overarching unity of all things. That they all come together, right? The words of the Zohar uh, that we say on Shabbos in Nusuch Sfar, in between Kabbalah Shabbos and Marev, Kegavna Echad. The way that all of these Gvanim, all of these different things that they go up, that they come up in the secret of, of one. And, and, and the beautiful way to characterize is that the more that we start study it, the more that we understand it, the more that we endeavor to, to, to gain a little bit of understanding of it, so the closer we come to going ahead and revealing that achtos, to revealing that yichud. And that, that yichud is the messianic goal. We live in a fragmented world, and we want to live in a time where everything recognizes that absolute unity of God. So by studying it and by, and by, being, by being versed in this and, and conversant in this wisdom, so we do a little bit of going ahead and revealing that, that messianic ideal of Yichud Hashem and that comes through understanding. So, so, so there's like almost a theurgical goal with what we're doing. It's not just Limud, but it also is an aspect of like Tefillah. It's an aspect of, 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 of divine worship and going ahead and studying these things. So, and, and I, I hate to do this, even though I do see that we're going to be short on time. In order to do that, I want to go ahead and give another quick hakdama. And this hakdama is going to be important to understanding what we're going to have from Das Tfunos. So if you look at this page that has sources uh, 8 and 9, I want to read two selections from the Zohar. Uh, one selection comes from the hakdama Sazohar, and one comes from the Zohar in the Psicha to Idraba Kedisha, that there are two Idros, there are two convocations uh, in the in the, in the great hall of Rajbi and his Tamidim, and I want to study both of them in order to, uh, to understand what we're doing over here. Before doing that, uh, to just mention, like we talked about last week in the Zohar and Daftalad and Aleph, it says, Mi Who's going to be able to enter into the hall, the sanctum of the Messiah, meaning we're talking about the messianic impulse that's inherent <laughs> in these words. Who is able to enter into that hall? Mi 
One who is able to go ahead and take bitterness and turn it into sweetness and to, dar- to take darkness and turn it into light. So what we study now is oros, is, is lights. That, that's, that's that, we, that we study these words not just for the intellectual stimulation, that we study these words in order to go ahead and to bring a little bit of light into our lives and light into the, word, into the world. And that's Zohar, right? That's illumination. Of course you may. Of course you may. Nor am I. So that's, it's, we're in the same boat. It just because whatever I've read, it seems to be based on the Parsha. So the Zohar is divided according to the Parsha. So the, Zoh- the Zohar, the Zohar is, as we mentioned, is, 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 is a collection of works, mm-hmm. right? Uh, there's, different, there's different sections to the Zohar. Uh, there's, the, there's, there's Raya Mehemna, there's Saba de Mishpatim, there's Idra Rabba, Idra Zuta. Uh, all, of these, all of these different sections of the Zohar come together to form the book of the Zohar. The roughest possible arrangement that we could say that the Zohar follows is an arrangement that will be the Parshios. But oftentimes it's going to be bridged, one section here, and it's and, and love dafka is it always going to be oriented according to the parsha? Um, usually, maybe the opening statement in a particular ket of Zohar will start by riffing off of a pasuk from that particular section. So that's that's the common arrangement of it. Okay. So the Akdamas Zohar says the following thing. Uh, probably, uh, probably my favorite. Uh, what does that mean? Probably my, the most moving line in, in in the Zohar for me. It should be noted that in the first printing of the Zohar in Mantua. Uh, so the Hakdama of the Zohar is folded. Into the Zohar itself, because Tanaitic works do not really enjoy Hakdamas; they don't really come with Hakdamas, and uh, and we believe that the Zohar is the work of Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai and his Chevraya and his circle. Uh, so, understanding that it's a Tanaitic work with the Hakdama over here—that's the traditional point of view. So, the under so let's look over here, and we're starting with the with the third word after the period Vehashta de Antacha, and now that you are here, Gadol Kayam Shivreich. So now that we're here, and I understand that to mean that now we're in this world, now that we find ourselves in this world. So he says, So the soul feels totally shattered, like as wide and as vast as the ocean, the soul is shattered into a million pieces. The soul descended into this world, an extremely painful path to go down. The soul does not necessarily belong in this world. It's garbed in a body that constantly is at, at war. The, the Bahamas, the Nafshis, all of these things are constantly in, 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 warring with one another. And if you say in this in this existential predicament, you say that there's no way for me to stand up on two feet, there's no kayama, there's no way for me to, to stand myself up, or asvas, and there's no way to heal myself. The soul finds no way to heal itself. Mi So who will heal you? For sure, this lofty level, this hidden secret level, referring over here, I believe, to the secrets of the Torah, Sitre Torah, and, and the, the inner Torah, Chein, Kabbalah, Chachmas Nistar, whatever, Chachmas Emes, whatever you want to call it, Dekula Kayama Bey, that everything rests upon this, there's the foundation of all other things, Yar the Yokin Lach, this is what will heal you and this is what will stand for you. And continuing on into source number nine, Tanya Amir Rabbi Shimon Lechevraya. 
Rabbi Shimon said to his circle, to his disciples, Ad How long are we going to stand? Over here means how long are we going to stand by this one pole of existence? How long are we going to stand? It, it's again, you can make almost like a Gzeir Shava from the word Kayama in the Hakdama in the Sazar, meaning how do we sustain ourselves? How do we stand on our two feet in this world? And Kayama Dechad Samcha, Rajvi is saying, right, how long are we going to stay in this kind of existence? And uh, in the Mamar Asulam, in the Perish Sulam from Yehudalib Ashlag, he says, we live in a world of tohu, we live in a world of fragmentation, a world of confusion. Let us now traverse over to the world Alma de Tikuna. Let us traverse over to the world where things start to make sense, where we can make some sense of the world, some understanding of the world, and by, doing, by revealing the secrets of the Torah, so we go ahead and we accomplish that. And he says, Ksiv, and he writes that this is dangerous work, and this is something that is that carries with it a tremendous amount of uh, of, of of spiritual danger, perhaps, or a tremendous amount. Right? Who knows if if we're ready for this kind of wisdom? So he goes ahead and he brings the same pasuk that Rabbi Huda Nasi uh, darshaned in order to be able to reveal the 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 Torah nigla, the Mishnah, revealed aspect of the Torah into writing, which itself was 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 against what the accepted wisdom was, that things that are mentioned Baal oral Torah cannot be written. So Rabbi Yehuda, and now Rajbi say, They quote from Tilim, it is a time to act for God. We have to go ahead and abrogate some of the principles of the Torah. The principle of this is that it really should not be revealed. It, how can we even learn this in Lincoln Square Synagogue? How could Josh Rosenfeld be talking about this without... Uh, you know, with the paucity of my knowledge, but but he says, It's a time to act for God, and therefore we abrogate a part of the Torah in, in, with the kavana that bitula zuikiyuma, that abrogating part of the Torah or this little aspect of the Torah itself will lead to the benefit of, of all of Torah and, and all of wisdom. So that's that's why the permission is granted. Yomin Zairin, the days are few, Umari Dechova Dachik, and the Mari Dechova, right, the person that holds our debts, right, the, well, the, the Samech Mem, the Satan, the Malachamaves, so he's knocking. Kiruza Kaare Koyama, and the statement emanates every day, Those that are able to cut from this field, those that are able to harvest from this field of secrets, are very few. And even those who know are at the side of the field. They haven't fully entered into it. They don't really understand where they're going to in this world, what their progression in this world is. This week's How we walk, how we move in this world, how we function as Jews in this world. So he says, they don't even know, so it's time to go ahead and to reveal it. And then later on, a few pages later, it says, Yasiv Reb Shimon Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai sat and cried, Va'amar va'yigalina, va'yilogalina. Woe unto us if we reveal it. Woe unto us if we do not reveal it. Meaning the utter necessity of going ahead and revealing these works. I want to, uh, just because we're doing Ramchal Shiorim, I want to go ahead and express uh, what the Ramchal said about this particular concept of Mechatz de Chakla, right? The, the cutters of the field, the people, the, the people in the field, in the Pardes, as it were, the fields of the Torah's hidden wisdom, that there's not so many of them. So Ramchal writes, and it's brought over here in a footnote um, in the Nazir's Klach, 
The Nazir writes how the Ramchal understood this, uh, this Keta in the Zohar, this section of the Zohar. And this comes from Sefer Adir Bamarum, which is the Ramchal's parish on the Idra Rabbah. And he says over here, and, and by the way, in the parish the Idra Rabbah, he starts with this particular statement and he, and he talks about that. So he writes the following thing. He says, Ha'av Sha'ulam hazehu ha'av. He says the atmosphere or the, the air in this world is very thick. Achish. But there is one way. There is one way in which the air, the rarefied air of Gan Eden, the rarefied air that's by HaKadosh Baruch Hu, how it devolves into this world, how we could find that pure air of God in this world. Ramchal does something quite surprising over here. He says, And how can a person tap into that pure divine air, right, to get above the smog of this world, the confusion, right? It's, it's not for naught that in, in the Torah itself, we talk about Moshe going to the secret abode of God and being misvied with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Panim al Panim, when he receives the Torah, he says, Moshe elokim. And Moses approached the thick darkness or the thick fog and in that fog, in that arafel, there in that cloud of doubt, there is where we seek out and we, and we, and we search and seek for the divine. So how do we reach through that arafel, through that avas, through that thick air, and try and attain a little bit of that breath of fresh air that the hidden secret wisdom of the Torah is? How do you take that air, that rarefied air, and bring it from those realms of the secrets of Torah down into this world where it's, act, where it's actualized, where we could do something with it, we could live our lives with that wisdom. He says, So the Ramchal says, what people would do in the days of the Ari and his circle and Rajbi and his circle, we talked about the Zohar being walking narratives in the Galil, it's not necessarily always in the base Medrash. He says they would go out to the Sadus Umidbaros, they'd go out to the fields and the deserts, there in nature, in seclusion, away from this world, away from the trappings of this world, the city perhaps, or the built up Makom Hayishov of Bnei Adam, that's where the secrets, that's where this air would be revealed for them, that's where they would be able to enjoy from this rarefied air of the Torah secrets, the air of Gan Eden. And for these, spiritual giants for these revealers of wisdom that's where the lights these lights of the hidden wisdom would be brought down to them that is hidden from most people they would be able to peek through and to peer behind the veil of creation Ramchal says, but the people who are able to go out to the physical fields and to the midbaros and to be in seclusion and to be able to enjoy and to draw down these lights, to draw down the lights is, is a term used because it's the most rarefied gashmi thing, the most rarefied, almost intangible physical thing. We could sense light, but we can't, can't touch it. You can't, right? Light, is, light is, is both part of this world and not. So the term that's used uh, a general term that's used for these ideas is, is Oros. Of course, the Nazir himself, his Rebbe of Cook, uh, his Sfarim were called 
Oros, and the one that was edited by the Nazar is called Oros HaKodesh, the lights, the lights of holiness. So he says, even those that are able to go out to those fields, right? I'm thinking of like you two now, out here in the fields, right? So out there in the fields, those people, the mechatz chakla, those that are able to harvest from those fields of wisdom, ze'ir aninun, there are not many of them. The Ramchal, the Ramchal was, was, was certainly, was certainly uh, one of them. I, I guess... What? Rabbi Nachman for sure. We're going back to other Shirim, the Piazetsno also, Baal Shem Tov. I'm going, we're going back now two years, right? So, so all of those people. So with that in mind, I want to talk a little bit about the Ramchal Shita in Kabbalah, the Ramchal Shita about understanding the Arizal system. All of Sefer Klach, Pischei Chachma, 138 openings of wisdom is a systematic presentation of the Ariz, of Torah's Ha'ari and the concepts of the Arizal. And they're all Muvu Arim and they become explained as we'll see, B'derech HaMashal V'Hanimshal, the metaphor and the understanding of the metaphor, the parsing of the metaphor, which, as I mentioned, is a tremendously controversial concept. Is it okay with you guys? Obviously, anybody can, can... You're not trapped here. But is it okay if we take... Ten minutes extra tonight. Okay, so so I, I do I do want to I do want to finish something uh, tonight. So so I brought over here a page um, from Klach Chachma of the Nazir, the special edition of it, and I want to talk a little bit about the uh, about the Ramchal Shita in Kabbalah. So it's this sheet. You can see on the top the bold the big letters. So that's that's the text from Klach. That's the text of the Ramchal itself. Underneath that is Pischei Apardes, which is the commentary of Harav Anazir, of David Cohen, when he gave Shiurim on it. And then there's footnotes all the way on the bottom. So where you see the, um, where you see it says read, right? <laughs> you see it says read, that's telling me that I should read it. So let's see how the Nazir, at least, I can't speak for myself, I don't have enough understanding of this. But this is what I read from the Nazir that I want to share with you guys about understanding how the Ramchal sees Kabbalah, a, 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 a not entirely novel, but considered a unique approach in Kabbalah. He says, When we study Kabbalah, so we only have the way of the Vilna Gaon, and the way of the Ramchal, Shehakol Bederech Mashal, that all of these technical Kabbalistic terms, Oros, Kalim, Shvira, Sphiros, Partsufin, all of these things are Bederech Mashal. They're meant to be understood as a divine metaphor, as, as a metaphor for, for understanding how to act in our world. And this is Binigud, right? There are many great Kabbalists that held that there was Mamashas to this, that these that these Kabbalistic concepts were, were real and tangible, right? By saying that they're mushal, though, according to my understanding, saying they're a metaphor doesn't take away any bit of the realness, but again, that's because I don't fully understand the controversy. That's why we're reading it inside, and I'm not going to pretend like I know what I'm talking about. But this is, so, so for example, Rav Yosef Irgas, who, who, who predated the, uh, the Ramchal. The Ramchal wrote a book called Chokir Mukubal, a discussion between, uh, between a philosopher and the Kabbalist, demonstrating the Amita Sakabala, the truth of Kabbalah. And Rav Yosef Irgas also wrote, before him, wrote a sefer called Shomer Amunim Akadmoin. And Shomer Amunim Akadmoin, so he also goes ahead and arranges it as a dialogue 
and, and explaining the amitas of, uh, of Derech Kabbalah, the truth of Kabbalah. So Yosef Irgaz, the Baal Shomer Amunim, and also the Baal Yosher Levav, Rabbi Manuel Hayriki. So he also went ahead in his Sefer Yosher Levav, and he also said that these are Musagim Kipshuto, that these concepts exist as they are, and that they have real presence, that, the, that somewhere, somehow, that these are real tangible concepts, and not, a, not, not simply a Masha. Derech HaRamchal, back in the text. The way of the Ramchal in general is that the rules and these terms are to go ahead and to explain the metaphor and how to understand it. According to Rav Shlomo El Yashiv, one of the greatest expositors of Lithuanian Kabbalah and of all Kabbalah, and you could talk to my brother about the Leshem, Yesh Mamash Bimehuyos. In these concepts in Kabbalah, there is mamashas, the real and tangible. But according to the Ramchal, there is no real tangible kiyum or, or, or presence of these Kabbalistic concepts. They do exist in some, in some realm. They do exist as, as visions and, and, as, and, 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 as, uh, and as, as revelations. But for us, they're mashalim. So it's a concession, a little bit of concession that makes us that they do enjoy some presence, but not the way that was understood by the Leshem, and not the way that was understood by the Baal Shomer Amunim, or by Rav Emanuel Hayriki. And he says, Hayesod Ramchal, the foundation of understanding the Ramchal's approach in Kabbalah, is called Iker Chachmasa Emes Levaris Olam. The point of all of this wisdom, of all of Kabbalah and all the hidden wisdom of Torah, is to explain and to explicate the way that HaKadosh Baruch Hu runs and manages Kivyachal, the world. Hanhaga v'hashkacha. How it's run and how God has Hashkacha Klalis, a general way of running the world and of being involved in everything in it, and a prati way that each and every person that we're doing right now, and that's happening outside, and that the way that the wind is going, all of that is run by that in every single thing, nothing moves without God. All the Torah is dependent upon understanding this. So he says that all of these, and he goes ahead, we're not going to do it now, he goes ahead and he demonstrates, the Nazir demonstrates that this is the way of Rav Kook himself as well, and that was the Nazir's understanding of the Ramchal, and his presentation of Ramchal, Benigod, in contradistinction to many other Kabbalists. I have a question. Yes, sir. How do you reconcile HaKadosh Baruch Hu has his finger in everything, and we enter so shattered? That's a question. That's a great question. So if HaKadosh Baruch Hu writes, that's a question of evil, really, that you're pointing out, right? That's the well, problem. Well, that's the problem well, of evil, the theodicy, well. right? How could it be? How could it be? So maybe, so, so it's a long, uh, it's a good question. I, I will say, I will say that, um, I will say that maybe at least for me, so that's kind of what we were saying in Akdama Sazor, that by endeavoring to understand how God runs the world, by endeavoring to understand the deeper way and to forge a connection through understanding so we can heal a little bit of that shatteredness. We can, we can put some of those pieces back together. Right? Some, some Kabbalists will call this tikkunim, to understand when we perform mitzvahs, what are we accomplishing? When we interact with other people, what are we accomplishing? But the question is also bigger than that, right? How, how could it be? How, 
the answer is probably because we don't fully grasp. We don't fully grasp, or, or we're masiach das, that we take our mind off of that, of that, of that anhaga and that ashkacha, that we take our mind off it. We live our lives and we forget when things are hard for us that a Baruch is here, that that a Baruch is running things, and this is and, and this is part of a plan, and we're masiach das, and we lead our lives. So the goal of this is to try and go ahead and to put a little bit bit of this into our lives. Chasidus does. I would say this is one of the main tasks of Hasidus is to go ahead and to take these concepts and technical concepts and to psychologize a little bit. I'm oversimplifying. And to allow us to develop ways of thought in which this becomes present in our lives. But maybe that's what Dakdam is saying. You, you might say, if this is true, and now I'm here and broken and shattered in this world, leitlach kayamad v'asfasa. I have the way to stand. How could I stand on my two legs in this world with everything that goes on here? How could I manage in this world? How could I serve God? Right in this world, so perhaps by studying this and attuning ourselves and, and, and by tapping into this, that we do find a little bit of healing. I wouldn't say uh, I can't advocate for something anybody that says that this heals everything because this is our human this is our human condition. We're broken. So uh, the first step is recognizing that. The first step is understanding that. But at least for me, and uh, which is why I'm teaching this here. In a very real way, this goes ahead and, and gives a little bit of a way to piece to put those pieces back together. The bigger problem of, of evil, and if Hashem is really running the world, if Hashem runs the world, how could it be that there there is so so much brokenness or the things that cause us to feel broken? That's a much larger question, and 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 the Ramchal even addresses it for a moment. But I don't think any of us will be satisfied with with the response. It's a good question. Leonard, Leonard Cohen, the Canadian poet. There's singer. a crack in everything, and that's how the it's light so gets clean, in. But it has a Kabbalistic <laughs> Leonard Cohen. To it. That's one of one of my rebbes. Yeah, <laughs> I, I love Leonard Cohen. Oh, yeah. uh, hey, you're from Montreal, aren't you? Toronto. There, yeah. Toronto. Oh. So Leonard wow. Cohen, Shara Shemay, Montreal. Is yes, sir. This question also on Cain and Abel. God was in the area, and still Cain did evil by killing. Why? Uh, why? Why stop there? God was in Gan Eden, and Adam and Chava still. Still sinned, right? So if, if God's fingers are in everything, from the Bible we get examples where still things don't turn out 100% right. Nachon, I'm not, I'm not uh, I, I mean in no way, right? So this is the question we should all be thinking, right? I mean in no way to go ahead and to, and to say that the question is even close to answered. But this right? metaphor says that there must be a reason that God is Understanding God. a reason, understanding how, how, even, how even in that low place that God is with us. One of my favorite lines in Tillim, and that Rabbi Nachman is a beautiful Torah, right? He says, in Esek Shamayim Shamata, right? If I go up to the heavens, Shamata. But if I go down, right? If I go up to the heavens, Sham. God is at a distance, Shamata. But if I go down to the, to the pit, Deep in the depths, Hineka, you're present, you're Nochach, you're right in front of me, right? Which is a beautiful, beautiful thing. Rabbi Nachman blows that up in, in the, one of the most beautiful teachings. But that itself, under, learning Rabbi Nachman gives me an appreciation for what David Amelch is telling us, words of Nevuah. Right? So let's, let's finish by reading a little bit from Das Tfunos. Um, yes. Rabbi Nachman say that everything is Latova? We just don't have the understanding because it's part of a divine plan that he has for us that we're doing this. He came back this time around to do this tikkun. We've been here many times before and we've had the opportunity to perform all the mitzvahs in these different Nachon. times. Nachon. It's not just Rabbi Nachman, right? It comes from Chazal, right? Kol David Rachman Letav Avid. 
Hey, that's a hard statement. Everything God does is for good. Yeah, the way Rabbi Akiva dies, that's, I can't Nachon, Rabbi Akiva dies by saying Shema, also. Right? So, so we thank God we have a Rabbi Akiva to teach us that. I wouldn't be able to oh, do that. Ish Kodesh, I mean, I, yeah. I mean, he's, Varso Ketan, he's teaching Ish Kodesh. It's like... Yeah, Nachon, Nachon. We live, we, we, at a certain point, no matter how much you learn, you still live with these questions. Yeah. But you live with them in a more robust way. That they're not just questions on a shitchi level, questions in general level. But the, but we sharpen the questions. Once when the questions get sharpened, so even if you're struggling for the answers, it's a little bit more of an intimate process of seeking out the answers. At least I find. So let's learn a little bit from Dastfunas. Amar Anishama. The soul says, and we'll finish with this. We're right here. Uh, source seven should say selections from Dastfunas. Sorry, I'm a little bit all over the place, but I got so excited to teach these different things. Uh-huh. So selections from Dastfunus. Amar Hanishama. So this is right in the beginning. This is from uh, section 7 of Dastfunus. Amar Hanishama. So the soul says, Hamasibas Hagdolas Mishapchos Ba'olam Hamaros Tamid Lechore Hepech Hashkach Hachas V'Shalom. We operate in this world and we look at everything that happens in the world and we see everything as everything the world screams to us, Hashem is not involved. Chalila. Hashem is not running it. Chalila. Kol shekein. So, literally the question. Kol shekein she'ein asvaroroasof en yonim lehechamim magiyim. For sure, if we were to rely on our logic alone, so nitrafa da'asein, we wouldn't be able to handle it because logic alone is insufficient. Right, we enter into conundrum after conundrum. We, logic alone is insufficient, so we can't rely just on ourselves. We have to seek out revealed wisdom to to at least start to deal with this quest with this question. Kabbalah, received wisdom. Ma odon What does God want from us? What does God want from His creations? Right, it could have said Ma What did Akash Baruch want with the creation of the world? But we also know that. Even if you resort to answers like Ein Melech Am, there's no king without a nation, or God somehow needed us, so that, that runs into a dead end. So what does God want from us? That's the important thing here. Uma'achris kol eleh. And what's the end of all this stuff? Messiah, Trias Amesim. Ki ma'aseh Hashem yisbarach nirem behem rochav kol kach gadol. What Hashem created and what Hashem did in this world is so wide and so vast, she'ein shum leiv ma'achil osam. So it's not just us. If we're really thinking about these questions, we're talking about how the grass grows, how the birds in the park are eating from the bread that somebody left out for them, how, how the animals in the wilderness, miles and hundreds of miles away from us, how they're functioning right now in the forest. All of this comes into our question. Let's not be solipsistic about this, right? This is a broad, broad question. That's the Ramchal's word, Yosher. What's the, what's the straight, narrow way of understanding how all these things work? Without going left or right. So the wisdom responds to the neshama. The wisdom says, look. I agree. There's things here that are so deep and so difficult, so confusing. Kigon, like Sadik Veralo, Theodicy. Right? Why do bad things happen to good people? Rasha Vitovlo. Why is it Lamaderchishon Saleicha? Why is the way of the wicked seem to be so easy? 
We're not the first people to have these questions. Everybody has these questions. Even Moshe Rabbeinu had this problem. That we have to at least resign ourselves at a certain point in saying submission is appropriate. Our wisdom and our understanding, even if we're studying revealed wisdom and not just logical, rational wisdom and inquiry, has to come to a point of submission, saying you can't, we can't know everything just by dint of being a finite creature and by dint of being in this world. So that's a big, that's a big sort of mea culpa in the beginning. There's going to be things in this big book that's supposed to give us hakdamas hamapilas hakushis me'elehem, that's supposed to answer our questions that certain questions are not going to have answers. Amraha neshama. So the soul responds. Hapratim This is how our soul should respond. The details that I can't understand, so, I grant you, let's leave them on the side. But let the general rules, at least for the other things, let them at least be straight. Let them at least be organized. Let the path be straight. Let the Mesila be usher. That I could at least have a path. I could at least have a way. A, 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 a personal philosophy and understanding with how to approach these questions, which is what we're, we try and do. And what my knowledge and, and, and what I won't be able to understand, I'll say to myself, The work is not on you to finish. Then the Ramchal goes ahead, and we'll finish over here. The Ramchal goes ahead to say that Akash could have organized the world where he told us nothing of his Anhaga. Akash could have created a world where everything's a secret. Uh, uh, what's the Latin word? Uh, Dus absconditus, an absconding God that's totally ne'elam, me'ene kol, and runs the world in a, in a way that's, that seemed totally capricious and without rhyme or reason. However, that's not so in the Torah. We saw v'yadata yom v'ashevos l'vavecha, we're duty-bound to understand that which we can, to try and experience the path of understanding and to be left inexorably with the questions and the inconclusions that we might be left with, but to at least hold on strong to the parts that can and were, that we can understand and were revealed to us. Say their mass The Torah doesn't just start with mitzvahs. It starts by telling us how the Avas Olam discovered God in their natural ways, in the instinctual ways, without the revealed way, the way that God created Shamayim Va'aretz, the way that God deals in certain manners with us, these things were revealed to us. These things are, we are duty-bound to understand. And I recommend that only, if you take anything, that the Ramchal should be stop number one. Sefer Dastfunos, and then Amir Tzashem, Sefer Klach, and Derech Hashem, Chokir Mekubal, all of these things, Adir Bamarom, the Ramchal's works are pathways for us to go ahead and to try and achieve this wisdom. Okay. So with that, we, uh, with that we'll, we'll stop.